ladies and gentlemen, all the way from Dallas, Texas, it's the Yankee Cowboy Podcast with your host, Tim Wilkins, where he talks all things pro wrestling and sports. Let's go. Let's go. gentlemen welcome to another episode of the yankee cowboy podcast i'm joined by the co-host of co-host christopher joining me once again and we got a topic that we kind of need to discuss and not really recap but we're like discuss it's been like two weeks but chris i think you can agree but we missed out on some fun in phoenix that we need to recap at the nascar xfinity in nascar winston sorry i should not say winston cup series because uh i'm thinking so much about nostalgia from like 25 years ago, how great NASCAR was until the shit show it was until this last race. Uh, in the Xfinity Series race as well, the, the championship was decided at Phoenix. But uh, Chris, I appreciate the co-host, the co-host joining me once again. We got we got a lot of good stuff to talk about. I think we do. It's NASCAR. It's the follow-up. It's the, the championship. Congratulations to Joey Logano and Ty Gibbs on their championship. But we got some things to discuss, my friend. Can't forget Zane Smith too in the uh, truck series. Oh yes, good old Zane, man, the young, the young prodigy there in the truck series. At least he uh, wasn't, you know, good old Carson Hosevar, and you know, makes me be in a dumpster fire down there too. So it was. Uh... Yeah, well, let's get into it. Yeah, let's get into it here. There's so much to so much to talk about that's happened the last two weeks. Uh, I think we should start with the Xfinity series because I think. There was a lot that transpired uh, throughout the week prior, the week race before with Martinsville, Mr. Ty Gibbs, uh, believing he was close to Jesus and uh, he could walk on water and all that fun biblical stuff that he was speaking about after wrecking his teammate there to advance to the championship. And then uh, Phoenix happened, which... It was basically a three-on-one fest, and minus what you think about Ty Gibbs and his personality complex, the man can wheel a race car. And we saw that firsthand. And I thought Noah—I—I I don't know about you, Chris, but I thought Noah was hauling. He was—they were—they were coming, but uh, they just ran out of time at the very end of that race. But Noah was going to beat him. You can catch him, but you got to pass him. And I don't know if that was going to be able to happen. So. I want to see your thoughts on the Xfinity side. Obviously, we'll talk about the tragic events that happened after the win. But I think, you know, obviously, the uh, the events of the race themselves itself has to be talked about more than anything else. Yeah, I think we'd obviously be remiss not to uh, send our, obviously, our condolences to the entire Gibbs family, uh, you know, Ty and Joe, on, on the passing of McCoy uh, Gibbs there on, on Sunday following, uh, following Ty's win and, and, and locking up the championship. But uh, in terms of the, the race, I mean, just, you got you got to give credit to that, that 54 team. You got to give credit to a young, a young kid like Ty to be able to, to put the noise, you know, basically the noise of the past almost you know, six, seven days that he had to hear and put it behind him and run undoubtedly probably, if not the best race of his career. I mean, had, if not the best car all day, you know, um, really was a battle between he and Noah Gregson and Justin Allgaier. Josh Berry wasn't as much of a factor 
maybe thought he would be. Um, but definitely his ability to, to, to really put the noise out of, out of his head and focus there at the end. And yes, when those last 25, 30 laps, Noah was, you know, was catching him, but, um, him maintaining that gap, working his way through lap traffic and ultimately bringing home his, uh, his first Xfinity series title. And as we might touch on later in the episode, uh, now, uh, you know, worst kept secret in the, in the cup series, but now him making the, uh, making the move up full time into the, uh, into the Cup Series for JGR in 2023. Yeah, and I think, Chris, I think I, I talked about it in the last episode about this topic of the Championship Four, was that he's going to move up to the Cup Series at some point, but these guys are going to give him little to no respect. And I think I have to kind of wind that back a bit, because after listening to what a lot of, of the veterans, even the guys that have retired, the Hall of Famers, including Dale Jr., talk about it, is that after the win of the championship, the events that happened after that win, you feel bad in a sense of, I would say, sympathy comes to process, but I still don't like it. Uh, as a person, some of the things that he has done on the racetrack are, is, is borderline worthy to, to just get parked for a while. But as a man, you kind of go, I feel for you, kid, because you lost your father. I feel for you. But until you, as a race car driver, you're still going to piss me off. And until you learn how to grow up a little bit, which I think Dale Jr. said it best, you kind of have to give him a little bit of a leash. But I don't know how much of a leash I'm willing to give him. And I think, I, I don't know how to specu- you know, speculate on this too much, but the passing of his father... Uh, is tragic in itself because that is the second son of Coach Gibbs, uh, obviously the owner of Joe Gibbs Racing, who lost his other son at the very same age to a neurological disease. And this one, I don't think we're ever going to know, Chris. I don't want to speculate too much on personal uh, personal health, but I don't think we're ever going to really know what happened there. Um, no. But- I, I think it's tragic enough as it is. It's sad as the fact that the picture, one of the pictures I think I, I think you saw it too, Chris, was one of the pictures got posted on social media of him and his father and his mother next to the trophy of the winning of, of the driver of the championship, and it was take it was posted at like midnight, which obviously on the East Coast, which all intents and purposes to the people that don't understand this, Phoenix doesn't have daylight savings time, they're not that far behind Central. I think they're about an eighty. Some place are an hour behind Central Time, not two hours. So it was relatively early in the evening that that picture was taken. And obviously, if you were, if, I'm not sure if Coy Gibbs flew back to to the Charlotte, North Carolina area, or did he stay in Phoenix? I, I, I don't know all the details of that. What I do know is that they found out pretty damn early in the morning because I think it hit it hit the social media spot probably around 7 or 8 o'clock in the morning Central Time. Chris, I think the time frame was that, that that he was not racing that day. So, as a time frame, as the as the, I, I said the speculation started, there was a lot of it on social media, especially Twitter, that said, you know, he it was a, it was a family emergency and his father passed away. And I said, they're going, eh, I'll wait and see. 
I'll have the wait and see approach. And the reason why I bring this up is going into the Cup Series Championship, when you have a tragedy of that nature, and you got, I believe it's Ty Gibbs, his cousin was pitting the 20 car at the time. I think I could be wrong with that. That's correct. That is correct? Okay. And he was pitting the 20 car. You got all the Gibbs guys, including Kyle Busch, who's wrapping up his tenure at Gibbs, who knows Coy Gibbs, obviously. I think had a lot to do with the negotiations to keep Kyle Busch around. Okay, I, I don't know all the back-behind-the-scenes stuff, and neither does any fan, but there was definitely a lot of dark cloud over the over the track when that happens. But really, when you think about it, and this is transitioning over to the cup win by Joey Lugano, it really, like it, 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 it was. A, I would say this right now, Chris. You can agree or disagree with me on this later. Is that the Joey Logano performance was dominant from start to scratch, start to finish, was the most dominant card in the field, and it was like Joey Logano basically said, "Come on, boys, come and get it. You ain't gonna get me. You ain't gonna beat me." And basically, just I, I would say, grown man amongst boys out there and he he just did it yeah i mean you figure also you know joey was in kind of in the catbird seat as it relates to the you know the way of playoffs one he, he locked himself in by virtue of winning in las vegas the first race in the round of eight so essentially he paul wolf and that whole 22 team had basically two two full weeks to prepare for phoenix they're, they're all their focus and joey alluded to in, in interviews leading in that and, and even after the fact that, you know, while they were obviously competing in the remaining two races, that there was a, you know, significant amount of time that was also spent each and every day focusing on what Phoenix would look like. So when you look at the way that, that and obviously Joey, you know, Joey's driving the race car, the, the, the crew, the pit crew, everyone did their job, but huge kudos to, to Richie Paul Wolf, his ability to, use that that two weeks in, a, in and of itself to make sure that he and joey and that whole team was prepared to um to, to race to race in phoenix for that championship um i mean tremendous in fact i was reading the stat that actually joey joey over the 312 laps of that race was in the championship lead for 311 laps so there was only one lap in that entire event that joey was not the highest running of the champ four guys and between and I, and the, I think I think that one lap was going into stage two. Was they pitted, or I think either stage two or stage three when they're some of the guys stayed out or took two it, tires. It, it was the uh, it was the it was the um, the state. It would yeah, it would have been it would have been stage or stage two going to stage three when uh, Chase Elliott and a few guys decided to um, to to choose to um, split the stage, which. By virtue of doing that, they needed less fuel on the stage two caution pit stop. So they basically leapfrogged uh, the 22 car there. So that was that was effectively the only lap that the 22 car was not in the in the lead. There was was by virtue of the, the nine pitting, but then needing less fuel when he came down pit road um, under the stage two break. So and I, that, I think I don't know your view on this. I, I didn't want to touch base too much on the the. the uh, the Coy Gibbs stuff, because it's just not... But I, I think we would be remiss not to mention, as an organization, that's pretty difficult, but they went through that same, I would say, process with 
when they lost JD, which even Hamlin had alluded to in press press releases since then, that it's a lot a lot different. It's a little bit more. Uh, I would say there was a different bond between uh, McCoy and and the other two guys that were there between Kyle Busch and Denny Hamlin. So to me, it definitely not saying it took a, a damper on the race, but you, you kind of have to understand as an organization going forward, that organization is going to be a little bit different as a, as a thing. You alluded to something that I, I think I've totally forgot about. And with this new car is that there still needs to be a setup involved. As a lot of people think about this car being a stock on stock car where it's all OEM parts. It's not as much tinkering with like the other cars have been in the past. You can definitely tell, though, all the information on the radio that Joey Logano was getting definitely facilitated a lot of results, which I think even with I could be wrong. Did they switch spotters this year as well, Chris? No, he, he's had. Uh, well, last year he switched spotters towards the end of the year. He had, he had TJ Majors with him um, and then he and Brad Kozlowski switched spotters to uh, with, with now Joey uh, finishing up his second seat with Coleman Presley. So. Yeah. Um, you know, but yeah, between that, between that whole group there, I mean, obviously a, a very experienced team. I mean, that, that, that 22 team was by virtue, essentially the old number, number two team that was with Brad Kozlowski when he won the cup championship in 2012. So they've, they've been in that moment and know how to handle a moment like that. And one of the things that Joey alluded to, um, in interviews as well with, you know, but he, Chase Elliott, both being obviously champions former you know, champions in the Cup Series, but then having two first-timers, Ross Chastain and Christopher Bell, in the Final Four with them, you know, the lot their their mindset was, you know, treat it like any other race. Joey, being the, the veteran that he is, even though he's only 32 years old, said, no, this is not like any other race. You have to realize what's at stake. And Joey's been, has obviously, he, now he's a two-time champion, but he's been on the, he's been on the losing end of, 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 potentially winning two additional championships. You go back and look at 20, 2020, he was probably one one good chains away from winning winning a championship there. And you go back to 2016 when the, when the, uh, the jack broke um, on his last pit stop. So if you look at those, you know, I know we can't live in the era of shoulda, woulda, couldas, but when you have that, that experience, you know, we can, we can allude to it in sports, like when a team goes to the Super Bowl for the first time. When you've got when you've got a veteran who knows what it's like to be on that gridiron on Super Bowl Sunday, and but you're going against a team that says this is going to treat it like any other game, and it's simply not like any other game. And I think that's where the the veteran mindset of a, of a guy like Joey Logano is just so dangerous. Obviously, uh, it worked out. Now, I, I think Chris will be remiss to talk about this, but the Chase Elliott, I would say scenario towards the end of that race where he got leap for they you know they pitted under green try to split you know basically that, that whole transpired is it, it was i under understanding that he leaped he was trying to out pit sequence logano and it came back and and bit him there a little bit or is there another and then there was a mechanical issue wasn't there well of course according to the broadcast they they the they were going to be short on fuel or fuel was going to be an issue for for the for the nines they figured if we if we split the stage basically in half, it leaves us vulnerable if the caution comes out. But obviously, on fresher tires, we can gain a lot of time back. 
And then by virtue of that, because now with the with the single lug pit stops, the you know tires tires putting tires in the car takes a lot less time than it is to get fuel on it. So the guys who ran the whole stage, like like Logano and um, um, I believe Bell, those those two who ran the stage to their conclusion um, and did not pit were needed. To, were basically waiting on fuel on pit road. So kind of a, a strategy move there, you know, to gain that track position that by virtue of the the twenty, the twenty-two and the twenty needing to sit and wait for fuel on their uh on their pit stop there. But obviously you know, Chase's day came to uh not not an, obviously his 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 ability to stay in contention ended on that restart there when he and uh Ross got together uh when they were coming through the uh through the dog leg and by all intents and purposes, after watching replays, it, it would appear obviously it was a racing incident. But um, you know, the nine went down there and was trying to close the hole, and the one was was in there and said, "I'm not lifting." So, unfortunately for for Chase, that basically uh, ended any chance of him winning the uh, winning the championship. Yeah, I just uh, Chris, I don't mean to stop you there, but I, I think the Chastain move was probably one of the most difficult ones there to watch because it was, you know, I listen, I, I race on iRacing this track, and it's probably one of the most mind-numbing tracks there is because of that dog leg. Everybody likes taking it. Everybody takes the shortest part around the track, but it pisses everybody off because there's no, I call, due diligence when you come back to the racetrack. Um, or, and, and the restarts there are awesome to watch. They spray out. And they come around that corner, and it's great to watch as a fan. But as a driver, it's fucking mind. Excuse my language. It is, it is definitely all like holy crap. It, your 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 brain is overwhelmed because there's so much going on. There's so much spotters got to be perfect during that situation. But I will say this: going into the that that whole sequence of the last part of the race, and we're gonna go into the off season here in a minute. Is that, and I'll touch base on this. Logano did what he was gonna do. Uh, you did the, you alluded to the adjective of the the, the, the Wari veteran. Tom Brady's been through enough Super Bowls where, yeah, he did lose two, unfortunately, to those wary giants. But he's been there. He's been through a lot of them. And uh, a prepared driver, in this case, won a race because, also, not going to lie, he's pretty good there. Uh, he's, he's pretty good at Phoenix. Uh, and he's, he knows what he had to do there. Uh, the pit crew... Didn't really, I don't think had a mistake on pit road all day. Had a little bit of a longer stop. I think once it had like an extra second, but it wasn't anywhere outside the realm of anything. Um, and, and I mean that legitimately. And he won, obviously, the fun and looted. Everyone had a great time. I, I will say I, I hope all the Penske employees got back to Morrisville, North Carolina at a reasonable time. Uh, sometimes sacred form and got some sleep after all those adult surveys. But that being said, going into the off season, there was no there was no doubt in my mind, Chris, that I think Ty Gibbs was going to go cup racing. It was just a matter of when they were going to announce it. Now, obviously, with the death of his father, I think the timing was going to change a little bit. And they announced that he's going to drive to 54 for his namesake. And 
I, I kind of was taken aback by the fact that, I don't know about you, Chris, but the, the not using of the 18 card. And yeah. I kind of want to get your view on that because I, I believe the 54 is, yes, is it Gibbs? Is it, I think he well, was, a, he was in that well, number for a while. Technically, technically the, the 54 was actually a Kyle Busch Motorsports number. When, when Kyle had started his, when yeah, Kyle had, the truck had, series, right? Or you, you can't, I could be wrong. Xfinity. Yeah, back at, well, then there was the Nationwide Series. So back in 2000 and I believe 2011 or 2012, Kyle effectively stopped driving a Joe Gibbs Xfinity car and started his own Xfinity team out of Kyle Busch Motorsports. And it was a Monster Energy car and it was number 54. And they had very, very limited success uh, with it. Kurt Busch actually won their, their first race as a KBM team at Richmond. Uh, it, actually in 2012, and then um, effectively they sold that car, that team, to back to to, to Joe Gibbs Racing, um, and it became the the 54 uh, Monster Energy Toyota for for Joe Gibbs Racing. So um, I actually did a little bit of research on it, and this and next year with if with if the number 18 does not run full time. It'll be the first time we have not had a number 18 car full-time in the Cup Series since uh, 1992 with Dale Jarrett when Joe Gibbs Racing yeah. first, first started. <laughs> um, you know, if you figure all the names who've driven that 18 car over the years, obviously Dale Jarrett was uh, was the first. You know, he won Gibbs' first race, the 1993 Daytona 500. Um, you know, Bobby Labonte obviously won a Cup championship in the number in the uh, 18 car in the year 2000. Um J.J. Uh, Yaley drove it, uh, and then Kyle Busch obviously was in the 18 car starting in uh, in 2008 up until his last race here. Uh, and I, I I think it's I think it's worth talking about too, Chris. Is the is the at, at what point at what point do you give this young man a, enough of a leash? Okay, he, he's he, obviously Daytona is Daytona which is basically a crapshoot race no matter what happens in that situation. I mean, obviously it takes strategy, and yes, it does take, you know, if you're, if you're there at the end, you take care of your car, you miss the big one. But at some point, you're going to see the quality of talent inside the race car, I would say, within the first 10 races. He's obviously driven with 2311, um, with Kurt being out, which I, I, going into the offseason, NASCAR's really got to evaluate the car itself on a couple standpoints, I think we can talk about is the, and if they don't make those changes, they're going to see a lot of drivers that are I'm not saying older, but they're up in years on their racing tenure, walk away from the sport because they see guys like Kurt Busch. Um, Bowman's young enough guy where he got knocked, his head got rung, you know, he's got his bell rung. No pun intended to him, but he, he was out. I mean, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, it led led to Kurt Busch. Now we can speculate, Chris, as well, that this was Kurt Busch was going to retire anyway. But at the same time, we wouldn't know that scenario, you know. Yeah, and, I, and obviously NASCAR has said that they are um, you know, they're, they're they're in the process of, especially the you know, it appears that the rear hits are the hits that are causing these these injuries. So I know that, or at least I have read uh, through stories that. That NASCAR is going to uh, absorb the cost, essentially, of of any type of redesign and then and then building of these new rear clips that appear to be the the 
the, the part of the car that is too stiff, um, you know, looking towards 2023. So, you know, it, it would appear at least NASCAR from, from that perspective is working with the, with the teams and the drivers to try and, um, try and address the issue itself. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, Ty Gibbs has, I mean, when it comes down, he's a champion, he's a champion now of NASCAR's second tier series and he's made starts in the cup series and has shown some speed. And, um, I think the talent, the talent's going to come there. It's just a matter of, uh, of building that rapport and respect with your, uh, with your competitors. And I'm sure is kind of the old adage is, you know, respect is earned. So he'll, it certainly is not going to be easy for him. Um, I think I think part of the move to put him in 54 as opposed to the 18 was potentially, I guess, twofold. It could have been a, a sponsor-related thing, as Monster maybe wanted to keep the continuity of tie with the 54, and he kind of build his identity at, in that number, and then uh, maybe taking some of the pressure off and putting him in, you know, the basically iconic 18 car, being that that's the the, the flagship number of of Joe Gibbs Racing. So I think there was maybe a twofold approach looking at it from. A, from perspective, keep giving him the 54 instead of the, instead of the 18. I, I hear you. I, I definitely, I mean, to me, it's one of those few, you're right about the 18 car. I mean, I, I was so used to, I think we grew up with the, the iconic interstate battery sponsorship on that 18 for such a long time, that green 18 car. And it, it was one of those things where Bobby Labonte did a hell of a job when we were, we were kids to drive that car. Obviously, you talked about Dale Jarrett. Uh, running that car as well, but I, I have to say, uh, I, maybe I remiss here. I, I'm trying to think of any other driver that's making big moves. I think there's still some moves. Uh, John Hunter Nemechek, we still haven't discussed. Um, Haley Deegan, uh, plenty of drivers well, that, that, that got, have uh, not had a little had a little bit of news uh, this week today, especially on on this Wednesday as we're taping. Uh, you know, Stuart Haas essentially has has basically announced their their two. 2023 lineup uh, with uh, with the move of uh, taking their I guess you could say reserve driver Ryan Priest, um, who of course raced several years in the Cup Series uh, for for JTG Dory Racing, um, but has this past season kind of taken a step back and was uh, was doing a mixture of Cup uh, Cup races for Rigware Racing and a uh, basically a satellite car for from Stuart Haas uh, was running some uh, Xfinity races. Um, and then also a couple truck races for DGR, which he, which he did score a, a victory earlier this year. But Ryan Priest joining, um, joining Stuart Haas Racing to replace Cole Custer in the, uh, in the 41 car. Uh, you know, kind of a, a move that I think was had to be agreed upon by both Gene Haas, who's been the major funder of that 41 car since they started that back for, for Kurt Busch, and then obviously Tony Stewart, who. Um, you know, really the name face of the of the organization. So both of them coming to a coming to a a, a, de- a decision there to to opt to put Ryan Priest in that car full time next year, 2023, and then uh, taking Cole Custer and moving him back down into the uh, into the Infinity Series uh, full time, uh, where he got over 10 victories and had come close to winning a couple championships down there. Cole making back down to the extended series with uh, uh, joining uh, Riley Herbst down there uh, in the in the 98 car who they announced will return next year. And then the questions obviously being hit, what will Haley Deegan be doing next year? Will she be in a, 
you know, in a Ford, obviously being a Ford driver, will she be in a Stuart Haas-esque Xfinity car, potentially as a third car? Uh, I guess time will time will kind of tell there, but obviously the big the big story being now is uh, Ryan Priest now getting his you know his second shot in, in the Cup Series now and with uh, with an organization like Stuart Haas Racing. I was going to ask is when, what did you, would you see the writing on the wall with that happening with Cole Custer? I think I was maybe not say I was naive to, to that, but it, it obviously was results driven. I'm assuming that or could be sponsor driven. Um, Stuart, you know, Gene Haas probably want that car to get covered by somebody other than himself and his paycheck here. But it, um, was I surprised with Cole Custer getting knocked out of this cup ride? Absolutely. I think that was probably one of your biggest, shakers and movers there is, is is was is he close was he there sure but i i don't think it was directly his fault necessarily that he had the results that he had I, it could have been a mixture of him and the team a mixture of the equipment the new drive the new car it could be anything but uh obviously a move had to be made i i, I felt maybe it was going to come from the crew chief maybe the car chief engineering side but uh i want to hear your view on that one because I, I, that definitely was a baffling decision I'm still waiting on John Hunter Nemechek, that decision to ride out as well. It's Haley Deegan, which she's driver for four. She only has so many spots open. Um, the the truck rides are starting to, you know, kind of dry up as well. So be interested to see the, what they do with her. I think the challenge, obviously, will first touch on John Hunter Nemechek. It would appear now that KB Kyle Busch Motorsports now moving to Chevrolet announced their their 2023 lineup at at, at Phoenix. Um, with with their with their group and John Hunter was not one of the drivers announced, so it would appear that, and this is strictly speculating, that uh, potentially we could see if John Hunter indeed is going to stay with uh, in the Toyota uh, Toyota pipeline. I would imagine we either see him driving a, uh, a truck uh, for another organization or potentially into a Joe Gibbs Xfinity car full time in 2000. And uh, in 23 now, and obviously with Ty Gibbs now making the move, that'll be the big question. Obviously, well, who who would fund that program uh, as it would be in terms of Cole Custer? I mean, yeah, and 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 you know, people obviously some some do know the story about Cole. Obviously, his father Joe Custer, um, you know, longtime a confidant of of Gene Haas, had, uh, vice president over at Stuart Haas Racing. So there's obviously a a family connection there and, and you know Cole obviously has won it at every level he's competed at. Um, you know, I think he had three three full seasons in the Cup series, did score a win at Kentucky Speedway in two thousand and twenty, but aside from there, not not a ton of success um, in the Cup series. And really as, as a whole, Stuart Haas racing has really kind of been feast or famine as it relates to their their kind of driver lineup they've had the last couple of years, and Cole's definitely been the, uh, you know, the, the the fourth string of of, of, of the lineup of, of their organization behind Kevin Harvick, Eric Almirola, and, uh, Chase Briscoe. And, uh, so I think I think the move is is, is definitely twofold. I think it's, a, it's an organizational move. I think it's also a move by the manufacturer that you know giving Ryan Priest a shot here. Um, his second, obviously, as mentioned, his second chance in the F Series, um, and undoubtedly better equipment than what he had the first time, the first go around that he had uh, in the Cup Series several years ago. Oh, the question I have really about that move is: Chase Briscoe is going to be the guy 
going forward in that organization. Once Kevin Harvick decides to hang up his head, his, his uh, shoes, and hang up his helmet for the for his career, but at the same time, you're seeing a huge trend now going towards younger younger drivers in these race car teams, but also the ones that have the manufacturer backing. Back in the day, Chris, maybe I was maybe back in the early 2000s, up until the most recent car change, it was how much money you bring into the to the table to get you a ride, and you've seen that with other teams as well. Hell, even the startup of 2311 is how much money you can bring. You basically earn yourself a nice cup ride. But I, I'm I'm kind of remiss to say this, but how much was that of Ford's doing, other than Gene Haas saying, "Hey, listen, I funded this kid for." Three years at $20, $30 million a clip. He's not bringing any sponsorship money. Now, how much is Ryan Priest bringing to the table? It'd be interesting to know who his sponsorship is going to be. But uh, that, that's good. That's a good question. I think that we all need to kind of see what's going to happen. Did they announce any sponsorship for the Priest deal at all? Come with uh, Not that I've seen. I mean, I'd imagine it'll be heavily uh, uh, Haas funded or Haas uh, sponsored race car, but maybe some other. Additional sponsors might pop up on the car throughout the year, but again, just knowing the kind of uh, track record of the, of the 41 car, it's been it's been a, uh, a Gene Haas heavily funded out of his pocket car. And again, as I, as I mentioned before, you know that team was essentially started at the 41 car essentially started for Kurt Busch, um, but you know once Kurt had left, you know Suarez drove it, then Cole Custer. So uh, we we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, as as time goes along, Maybe, did I forget? Eric, Eric Amarola is retiring. It's still right. He's not. He hasn't. Or that was last year that he retired. You there? Oh, sorry, man. Yeah. Did it, did Eric Amarola retire this year or last year? I'm trying to remember. Uh, so he was he was scheduled. This was scheduled to be his last season uh, in the Cup Series, and uh, he. Uh, I think I think a lot of it was heavily because of Smithfield Foods, but uh, he basically uh, re-signed a, I believe, a two-year extension uh, to, to continue to drive in the Cup Series through 2024. But yeah, the original plan was that this was going to be Eric Almirola's last full-time season in the Cup Series. But I think there was some, uh, some obviously some, some from a business standpoint, keeping uh, keeping that number ten car funded uh, was kind of contingent on Eric driving. So Eric is going to forego his uh his departure uh, at least for the next two years okay so that would make sense then on a business standpoint i thought eric was going to be out of sport entirely at the end of the season and so that would it that would change why custer obviously would have to drop back in that sense where maybe a slide over to the 10 car would have been a possibility if, if eric was uh departing as planned that would make exactly. sense i mean i like I, I think i told you john hunter nemechek in my opinion is really the kind of the off-season move that I think a lot of fans want to know where he's going to end up. Haley Deegan is obviously going to have the fanboys chasing after her no matter what. But I, I you know, I'll be remiss to talk about it. She's running out of rides to jump into. Um, with a lot of competitive rides that are in the Cup Series, or not the Cup Series, the Truck Series, excuse me. There's a lot of good drivers in the Truck Series that are vouching for really good rides. And uh, her performance the season in the trucks lack of a better word was not so great and uh she did drive the Xfinity car did pretty well uh her first time in it but 
I don't know. Penske doesn't feel the Xfinity ride anymore, from what I understand. Um, there's only a handful left of Ford, Ford rides left. I, I could be wrong there. On the, I'm trying to think of the other numbers that are out there for the Ford contingent out there on the Xfinity level. Yeah. Can you think of any? Basically, Stuart Haas uh, with their program, and then Ryan Sieg has his team, and then uh, uh, I think, and then there's uh, the, the uh, SS Greenlight team, uh, but they're more or less have a backmarker team. So yeah, Ford, we Ford is uh, yeah Ford's Xfinity program, especially after losing, you figure you had, you had two in, in just a short amount of time, you had two graduates. Uh, Two strong graduates up from the from the Xfinity program being uh, Austin Sindrick and Chase Briscoe. So they Ford um, almost is in a little bit of a proverbial rebuild, but also trying to figure out what's next for them. But again, they obviously, which you know, we, we we alluded to early in the show, have a have a really hot young prospect uh, who just now is the, the Truck Series champion, Zane Smith, who I think they have big aspirations for. Um, hopefully in the in the Ford Motor Company to continue to move him up the up the ladder and make him one of the uh, one of the faces of, of, of the, I, of the Ford. I, I, I'll be remiss. I'll be remiss to ask this though, Chris. Is is it would Penske field two cars in the Xfinity level with those two drivers just listed, Zane Smith and Haley Deak? Would that be a potential run? Because I don't think Penske's fielded a, a full time Xfinity driver. In probably quite a long time, wouldn't you? Since, since Austin, yeah, Austin yeah. was the last one last year. Um, it would be. Uh, I mean, I, I think when it comes down to it, uh, ultimately the, the 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 business model from the Xfinity series is is challenging. It is very hard to to uh, to really, from a financial standpoint, run an Xfinity car. So I think I think there's always an opportunity for a for a Penske or a RFK or I, you know, I would throw some of the other four teams in there to field an Xfinity car. But the problem that the challenge is, is trying to make sure from a, from a dollars and cents standpoint, it makes sense to uh, make sense to do it. And that's, that, that's where I, I, that's where we talked about earlier is how much money you're bringing to the table. And uh, I think heartingly, if those two drivers listed have a good sponsor, that's willing to put themselves on a race car for a full season or even a half season. But then uh, those two drivers are not going to, I mean, Zane Smith's going to, obviously I, I'm pretty sure he announced a return back to the same team in the truck series. So maybe Correct. I could be, could be wrong with that, but I, I think he announced a full return. So it, it, if anything, he'll probably dabble in a part-time schedule in the infinity level more than a full-time situation, which will leave Deegan, which like I said, they're, 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 the, the Ford rides in the truck series level are pretty much dried up on the competitive level. And so not saying she made the mistake of jumping from Toyota to Ford, but with the move of Kyle Busch Motorsports going to Chevy, it changes everybody in the moving parts that go with it. Um, I think it's, she's, she's going to drive. I think she's going to drive at the Xfinity level. It's just a matter of whose car. Who's who's owning the race car? You know. Let me jump in here real quick. I think I think it was if you look at it in, in totality, I think it was a it was a good move um, because what has happened, especially in that Toyota camp, is that the at the end that there's not enough room at the end essentially for the amount of 
uh, dry, young drivers they have. So in a way, it was a smart move for her to jump to uh, another manufacturer to allow her to have an opportunity. Um, but yeah, I think it's there's all it, you're, it's always a challenge when you're a heavily manufacturer covered driver to be able to, uh, to position yourself, um, you know, to continue to move up the up the ladder for sure. I think I, I agree. I don't think, I don't discredit the move in a sense. I discredit the fact that if if foresight was a, a great thing to have, she had it. Um, she saw the kind of the tunnel down the road. Um, her her team and her and she did. She saw the kind of the light was on the end of the tunnel there. And with the amount of drivers that they Toyota had in their system, what I think and that's the reason why my point was is that the KBM switch to Chevy left a lot of those drivers that were on the Toyota, you know, ladder of Toyota of drivers kind of short. They're, they're running out of seats in a sense. So oh, you're, out, you're, you're, you're out of it. You're out of a seat in a sense where you can't really progress. Number one, not only being a competitive car, but being a car at all. And then, so in her situation, I think, and I could be just speculating here, which I do like to do a lot and like to cause drama and troll people. Uh, at all times, it. I think she's she's gonna find a ride at the Xfinity level, and I think because of her sponsorship with Monster and her sponsorship from Ford, she's gonna be in a Penske ride eventually sooner rather than later. That or it's gonna be an RFK situation. Um, bringing bring you know it, RFK is gonna jump into the Xfinity series and make a and make a contract here. I think. At some point, she's not going to want to be in this low tier ride, like the Ryan C. Nothing personal, Ryan, but it, it, your car—it's not one of the top four manufacturer uh, teams in the Xfinity series. Um, but it—it it, she's not going to be in a JRM guy uh, team, obviously. She's not a Chevy driver, so you're running out of spots. And with Stuart Haas making the move that they did with Riley Herbst in that in that ride, and obviously Cole Custer going back. They're not going to field three cars. So with her, she's either got to make a really good deal and bring some serious, I say, as we say, uh, back home cojones to the table and negotiate and, and bring a good table, a good, you know, because I, I think maybe I'm wrong, Chris, but I think the it, it, just the opportunity in the truck was a good opportunity for her to, to move up into the to get her experience level. But it was definitely not a good fit for her. Uh, driver, driver wise, I don't think it was a good fit. The, the Xfinity car, it's a whole different ball game, and it's definitely a different car all the way around. I think people kind of discredit the, the, or don't really understand the differences or the nuances between the truck car, the truck series, and the way those drivers operate and the way those trucks handle compared to the Xfinity level and how those cars handle. It's a night and day comparison. I think I'm not saying she didn't get a fair shake, and I'm not going down this bandwagon for any reason other than just speculating here that that the Joe, the John Hunter name check and the Haley Deegan announcement, whatever that is, it's going to be kind of a big thing. I think we won't know that till after Christmas. Your thoughts, sir. I agree. I think, uh, yeah, I think you were get, get the nail on the head there. I mean, you know, she, you know, a truck, I, you know, again, I'm obviously not a driver. I mean, this is looking at 30,000 foot view, a, a truck, you know, with, with the, just the aerodynamics of it is, is completely different driving an Xfinity car, which has a lot less aerodynamic uh, advantages to it. So, you know, I think some drivers tend, there are drivers who, 
who take better to uh, driving a, you know, to drive an Xfinity car or driving a truck. It's just kind of depending on how they're, how that particular driver's uh, feel for, for the vehicle is for sure. All right, everybody, this will wrap this one up, button this one up and call it a day. Chris, I appreciate you joining me as always for this episode. Another fun filled conversation of good times and, Hopefully, we'll have a good season start at Daytona. Better know the Great American Race. Hopefully, uh, maybe old Sippy Cup will come around for a flyover. Who knows? Um, yeah, that's not going to happen. What did I say that for? But, hey, who knows? You know, th- great, crazier things have happened at Daytona. Maybe an appearance by years truly. Who knows? Uh, it is a Great American Race for a reason. But uh, in Daytona... Coming around the corner. I think we're going to have a lot of great news to talk about, Chris. I think. appreciate you joining me as always. Obviously, Ty Gibbs winning the Xfinity Series. Joey Logano, the champion in the Cup Series. A dominant performance at Phoenix. I'd be interested to see who gets the most popular driver award as well. By vote. I hope everyone has a great night. Enjoy the rest of your week. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Yankee Cowboy Podcast. Feel free to join us on social media to continue these great conversations and more.